In this podcast, ECDPM's Hit the Port talks to Dr. Len Ishmael, Ambassador for the Eastern Caribbean States, about the challenges and opportunities available for small islands developing states. Ambassador, welcome uh, also here in uh, our ECDPM office. I had uh, a few questions relating to the follow-up of the Samoa conference, uh, where six countries were uh, discussing possible alliances. What are the key priorities now of the SITS agenda? What are you really focusing at as SITS country in the Caribbean, but also beyond the Caribbean in other regions? I would say two important things right now. One is that in 2015, there are a number of very, very important international summits coming up. One of which is the post-2015 uh, development agenda. Another uh, deals with losses and damages uh, at Warsaw, disaster risk um, and mitigation, uh, financing for development. All of these are very, very important pieces. So two things with respect to what's coming up. The first is that it's important for SIDS issues not to be lost with all of what's going to take place next year, 2015. And very importantly, to use those new international summits to infuse or mainstream SIDS issues into all of those agendas. Because if we speak about SIDS only in a very silo effect, uh, we're not at all going to be generating the level of change or the sort of leverage and synergies that we require over time. There's a lot of talk about mainstreaming SIDS issues. Do you see real uh, evolution, do you see real progress on that uh, SITS agenda? If you would go back 10, 20 years in time, did we move uh, by putting this uh, SITS agenda uh, central in, in, in global discussions? I would say no, not from where I sit. And I've been involved with uh, the SITS agenda now for over 20 years. Um, I think that where we've made most traction is in the area of climate change um, and in the area of sustainable energy. My own sense, however, and it's my sense, uh, that we've made traction precisely because these are global issues. Climate change now is something which even people in the developed world are certainly aware of because severe weather events are taking place in, you know, uh, Floods that have never taken place, 100-year uh, floods that have never been experienced in certain parts of the world, uh, extreme weather events popping up all over the world in a way that is unprecedented. So you have the citizens of the world for the first time sitting up and saying, hang on a second, maybe there is such a thing as climate change and it's not all about small islands, it's affecting us, it's affecting our homes, our livelihoods. So there is that traction and of course we all know that uh, the discussion about renewable energy, sustainable energy, the high cost of energy is one which is shared and discussed among societies and countries of the world. So that these two, which are very related as well to the climate change and the SIDS agenda, uh, we are seeing more traction on. Uh, perhaps we have even the hope for something wonderful coming out of the Climate Change Summit uh, in Paris next year. That's left to be seen as well. But I think that because of global attention, those issues which were very important to SIDS now for some time are now also getting the attention they deserve. 
But the key issue for many since still remains the thorny issue of financing, financing for development. And again, lots of pledges coming out of small. We hear 1.9 billion dollars, but that adds to all the other billions uh, coming out of Mauritius, coming out of Barbados Plan of Action. And a lot of those pledges still have to be actually fulfilled. So pledges are good, pledges are honorable, but they're not bankable assets. Yes, during the meeting there was some talk about the SITS uh, paradox and the fact that SITS are performing well in political terms, that they are doing also quite well in economic terms, but that precisely because of the fact that they are mainly middle-income countries, that they seem to be losing more and more access to finance and access to development cooperation. What would be your message to the European Union? to make sure that seats would not be dropped from the agenda of countries that are vulnerable and that are in need of uh, support? That the argument that SIDS should no longer qualify for concessionary funding because they are middle-income countries flies in the face of the reality of all the systemic disadvantages they face because of their small size. So that they may be performing well, let's say, GDP, let's say, 3.5%, which is not the case right now, of course. Uh, but in the 70s and 80s, SIDS had the possibility through rules of trade that allowed preferentially different access to European markets. I'll talk about the Eastern Caribbean, bananas, the green gold for the Eastern Caribbean countries. With special and differential uh, treatment, we had access to European uh, markets. With the loss of preferential access to markets, we lost the banana trade that so transformed rural economies. For the first time, farmers were able to send their kids to school, to buy vehicles with which to take their produce to the port, to put shoes on the, the feet of their children, to build homes, which were not just shacks. We lost that green gold, even though we produce less than 0.4% of the world's production of bananas. But in some of our member states, agriculture and bananas loomed large, more than 50% of the labor force. A huge share of GDP, well, that's gone. When you're dealing with population sizes, 50,000 people in one island, 5,000 in another, 80,000 people in another, 180,000 in the largest one. What are the possibilities for diversification overnight that allow these economies to transform themselves enough that they can participate actively in decisions that will be made about their own future? I mean, these islands went from being banana producers forcibly into tourism. Um, 2008 financial recession, global financial recession, has hit these islands tremendously hard. And they're not yet out of recession. So they have contracted every year, up to last year, for the last six and seven years, with no end in sight. When the visitors don't come, the tourism uh, infrastructure collapses, hotels go under, restaurants go under, taxi drivers lose jobs, the trickle effect within the economy is lost. These countries, what, what GDP per capita does not do is understand fundamentally the reality that these countries 
have no cushion to withstand any form of economic shock. And in the case of the two of the islands uh, a year and a half ago, actually Christmas just this year, unprepared event, extreme weather event, uh, Christmas Eve, we thought it was just low pressure. It would, it would have moved swiftly. It didn't. It stalled over the islands of St. Lucia and St. Vincent and Grenadines. St. Lucia, almost $300 million worth of damage in, in 20 hours. St. Vincent approaching that level. It wasn't even a hurricane. Freshwater events, bridges lost, infrastructure, and people dead. How do countries with no foreign direct investment coming in, tourism receipts at a historical low, chronic unemployment among their young people of over 50%, add that to the fact that these tiny islands, through a quirk of geography, are sandwiched between the world's largest producers of drugs and the world's largest markets, markets of drugs, the movement of drugs followed by small arms, the death and destruction of a cohort of young men in our societies. Where does this lead these tiny islands? We've seen that seats are uh, mainly represented at the level of New York, uh, but Brussels could also be an interesting hub for seats because many seats countries have embassies here in Brussels, countries from the Caribbean, from the Indian Ocean, from the Pacific. Um, how would you see this uh, SITS uh, um, alliances build up here in Brussels? Can the ACP uh, group play a role in this, or should SITS establish their own types of uh, representative bodies, uh, institutions, uh, maybe alliances, groupings here at the level of Brussels? Absolutely. I think um, it's an action which should have been taken a long time ago. I was surprised myself coming in uh, seven months ago at the lack of discourse on the issue of SIDS, even though it was the year of SIDS 2014, within a forum such as the ACP. And I think that politically we've lost, we lost an opportunity. That's not to say it's all lost, but we lost an opportunity. It's part of the reason why uh, our mission was just so keen to raise the flag with respect to SIDS flag SIDS issues as important agenda issues and start building awareness. Um, and bridging the understanding divide which exists with respect to SIDS, which is why, of course, that our first event in, in July was called the myth of paradise, because there's a sober reality behind that. So I think those kinds of discussion pieces are very, very important in a place where few people even know what SIDS stand for, uh, much less the real realities. And when we talk about small islands, this is where a lot of people either have gone for vacation or dream of going on a vacation. There's a romance associated with these islands. But the reality is also one, yes, of incredible beauty, but also one of real hardship at this time in particular as well. You have one extreme weather event, therefore, so that, you know, I think in, in, in our discussion this morning, somebody from the panel mentioned Hurricane Ivan, which hit the government, uh, the island of, of, of Grenada, several years ago. The level of destruction was worth two years' worth of GDP. That is a middle-income country. And it is shocking to see that in the Eastern Caribbean group, the countries with the highest level of GDP per capita, um, St. Kitts and Nevis, and, and um, Antigua and Barbuda, 
are also among the world's most highly indebted countries. So there is an underlying fragility, lack of resilience based on small size, wide openness to exogenous shocks, which any concept that speaks about GDP per capita as a useful marker for saying countries such as this should be graduated out of concessionary financing flies in the face of what the reality is. Thank you very much, Ambassador, for uh, this uh, interview. Thank you for listening to the European Centre for Development Policy Management podcast. For more information, go to www.ecdpm.org. Thank you.